Hey, welcome to week two of How We Change the World. I'm so excited to share with you today two simple steps that you can take to improve your world. I don't know where you want to change your world for the better. Maybe you're a student and it's in your school. Maybe it's in your own personal life or in your marriage. Maybe it's your family, your kids, your work environment. Maybe it's the nation at large. God does want to change you and change the world through you. But here's the thing. If you're anything like me, you run into barriers. You run into times where you just get fatigued trying to do the right thing. I remember when my oldest son, Jack, was born. I'll never forget the moment where the doctors and nurses handed him to us and they said, you're free to go home. And we put him in his little car seat and we're walking out of the hospital. And I remember just thinking, I can't believe this child has been entrusted to me. I mean, I was just a kid myself, I felt. And I remember those early days with Jack. Now, some of you were babies who slept perfectly through the night or you've had kids who do. Well, I love Jack to death, but he was not one of those kids. He was what they call colicky. He would wake up crying every night and Mel and I, we were completely sleep deprived for about four years there. I'll never forget the day in the middle of all that when Mel said, I think I'm ready to have another baby. And here's what I looked like. I, this is not acting, okay? This was really pictures that Mel would take. I would get home from work. I'd be so exhausted. She would set the kids on my lap. And I loved these kids to death, but I was just so worn out. And I remember getting to a point where I thought, I don't think I can do this for another 30 years. Now, I want to encourage you, if you're a young parent, it does get way better. Once they get out of diapers, it gets so much easier. You get some new issues to deal with, but it gets better. But I want to talk with you today about that feeling when you're just exhausted. Uh, maybe it's in your health. Maybe it's in a relationship. Uh, maybe it's in your career or some other area of life. Maybe it's even your relationship with God. You're like, God, I want to love you, but I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I just feel like, uh, God, I'm not feeling it anymore. Uh, where in your world do you need some kind of provision? Where in your world do you need some kind of breakthrough? You know, you just feel like, man, God, I just need you to open a door for me. I need you to show me what's next. We all have these times in life where we just feel like, uh, where do I go from here or What's next? Or how do I move forward after this? Well, if I could answer for you how to get from where you are to where you want to go, if I could give you two really simple steps that you can take today to get from where you are to where God wants you to go, would you want to know what they are? Well, we're going to learn them as we continue our study in the book of Acts. Now, last week we were in the book of Acts and we learned that the first step to changing the world is to be completely devoted to Jesus. We can't change the world for the better without Jesus. And as Peter preached the very first sermon of Christians after Jesus had raised from the dead, it was all about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, being raised from the dead, and that sermon ended with a call to believe in Jesus and to be baptized. Well, the Spirit of God had descended on Peter. And even though Peter had made a lot of mistakes in the past, and even though Peter wasn't perfect and he wasn't eloquent in his own strength because the Spirit of God was in him, God empowered that sermon 
preaching the pure good news of Jesus crucified for the sins of the world. And let's see what happened in response in Acts 2, verse 41. It says that those who accepted Peter's message were baptized and about 3,000 new believers were added to their number that day. Now, when Peter started this sermon, there were about 120 Christians. When Peter ends this sermon, there's 3,120 Christians. I told you about that feeling when the doctors and nurses said, here's your baby, good luck, go out into the world. And I thought, I don't know how to care for a baby. Could you imagine if someone handed you a little baby and said, this baby's fully your responsibility? And by the way, there's 2,999 more of them right behind me. Here's 3,000 babies. They're all your responsibility. Oh my goodness. Talk about feeling like, okay, God, I want to do your work, but how do I do this? Well, this is exactly where Peter and the apostles were. How do you take 3,000 people who have nothing else in common other than the fact that they just believed in Jesus, how do you possibly get them to even get along with each other, let alone to be a unified movement, let alone to change the world? Well, we know that what they did do ended up changing the world. Those 3,120 people launched the largest movement in human history. You can't drive through a city in America today and not see a church. In fact, in every big city, you'll see a ton of big old churches. There are more churches in the world than there are Starbucks and McDonald's combined. There are more churches in the world than there are mosques or libraries. It's the largest movement in human history. One out of three people. And it started with Peter James, John, those 120, and then 3,000 spiritual infants. What do you do with a spiritual infant? You teach them the basics and the basics never change. Whether you just believed in Jesus or you've been a Christian for 60 years, we're learning today two things that will always take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. And we find them right here in the next verse, Acts 2, verse 42. The disciples, the apostles taught these new believers to be devoted. And that's a key word. There are things in our lives that are kind of part of our life or we're a little bit into. There are other things that we are devoted to. If you want to grow closer to God, if you want to see your home look more like a picture of heaven, if you want to see your finances be less controlled by debt and more controlled by freedom, if you want your emotions, every part of you to become more what God has for you, then you've got to be devoted to some specific things. The first is the apostles teaching. What is the apostles teaching? Well, today we call it the word of God. We call it the Bible. The apostles teaching is Peter, James, and John. They had spent three years with Jesus and they said, here's how Jesus taught us to pray. Here's how Jesus said to forgive 70 times seven. Here's what Jesus said about the kingdom of God. Here's what Jesus said about temptation. The apostles teaching includes the gospels and now what we call the New Testament. So you've gotta be devoted to the word of God if you want God to change you. What else do you need to be devoted to? Well, let's keep reading. You gotta be devoted to fellowship. And this is one that we'll unpack next week. This is the Greek word koinonia. And what it means is a family-like relationship, a healthy family relationship between believers. 
where you are known by other followers of Jesus. This is why we encourage you to join one of our groups, especially if you're not attending physically. If you're watching online, you're just as much part of our church, but you gotta get into a group. You can text the word group today and we'll get you into one. And then the third thing that we've gotta be devoted to is prayer. You see right there, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship. They would eat meals together and they were devoted to prayer. Now, here's the thing. In this very simple verse, we get the answer of what you need for your breakthrough. You see, you can change on your own without God in some ways. And we can all change for the worst without God, right? We can get more angry. We can get more addicted. We can get less peaceful. We can change on our own without God. But to change in God's way, to change for the better, we need God. And that starts with our faith in Jesus. We learned about that last week. After you trust in Jesus, whether you're a brand new infant Christian or you've been following Jesus for 60 years, you need every day two specific things. Here's what they are, the word of God and prayer. We change by the word of God. What is that? That's the Bible. That's what you hear every weekend when we teach from the word of God and you need prayer. And I know you might look at those and you might say, John, the word of God in prayer. I mean, okay, of course you're gonna say that. You're a pastor, but I'm here to tell you in love, these are the two ingredients that you need to get from where you're stuck to where you wanna be. If you wanna get where God wants you to go in your marriage, if you wanna get where God wants you to go in your finances, if you're a student and you want God's will for your life, God's very best, it's the word of God in prayer, these two specific things. I've gotta tell you, I've been praying for you so much this week as I've been preparing this message because I know that on a human level, it sounds so simple and it's like, okay, John, what do I do with that? And I'm gonna tell you what to do with it. But I just have to share my heart with you that I, I just have this burden for you today. I have this burden that these two things, the word of God and prayer, they have changed my life for the better in ways that I can't even describe to you. I can't tell you the things I would be addicted to, the careers I would have given up on and completely failed at, how much I would have failed on my marriage and bailed on it, and so many things in my life that would have been complete disasters, if not for specific moments when I opened the word of God and said, Jesus, today, not my will, but yours be done. What do you say to do with my emotions, with my desires, with this marriage? And one day at a time, you, wherever you're stuck, you say, what does the word of God say? You do that and it sets you on a path to freedom. And what is prayer? It's not some big religious thing. It's coming to God with all your emotions. It's coming to God where you feel stuck. It's coming to God where you feel exasperated, where you have unmet desires, where you're at a dead end, where you need that breakthrough prayer is you talking to God one day at a time. Maybe it's kneeling at your bed before you go to sleep at night. Maybe it's when you wake up and you're getting ready. Hopefully as you grow, it's all throughout the day you're having this conversation with God. If you will do these two things, the word of God, God, when I don't know what to do, I will look to your word. And God, when I am exhausted or exasperated, I will pray to you. If you'll do those two things, God will give you the breakthrough. And God will change you 
And then as he changes you, he'll start to change the world through you. Uh, let me give you a picture of this. I don't know if you've ever stood next to a giant train. I got to be honest, here in the area where we live in Brownsburg, Indiana, there are some areas where there are railroad crossings and it's just a stop sign. And just a stop sign is not good for lazy, inattentive people like I can sometimes be. There was one day that I was approaching one of these stop signs and I was being a little casual. And then I saw this train come by and I slammed on the brakes. These trains are so powerful. They're so big. And if you ever stand next to one, you'll realize just how tall they are. And sometimes you're at a railroad crossing and the train just keeps going and going. And if you actually think of all the weight that's on all those cars, it's incredible how powerful a train is. Every train has two very simple things underneath it. There's two tracks. And as you think about your spiritual growth, here's the thing. You're saved by grace through what Jesus did on the cross. But if you want to grow, you've got to have these two rails in your life. Every train track has two specific rails. And this is how the Christian life is. There's the rail of prayer, which I've described. It doesn't have to be religious. You don't have to sound eloquent. You can do it out loud. You can pray out loud when you're driving in your car or you can pray in your mind. If your mind wanders and you're like, John, I have ADD. Every time I try to pray, my brain just wanders. Get a journal and write it out and just make yourself finish a page. Prayer, if you don't know where to start, start with what you're feeling. Tell God what you're upset about. Tell him what you want in your life. Tell him that you want to surrender to him. Praying every day, just your real raw emotions. This is one of the rails of the Christian life. The other rail is the word of God. How can a person keep their way pure? It's by living according to the word of God. Psalm 119 is part of our deeper experience this week. If you go into our deeper experience and we unpack more of Psalm 119, where it says, God, I run in the paths of freedom because your word has set me free. Here's the thing, God wants breakthroughs for you in your life. He wants breakthroughs in your relationships, in your emotions, in your habits, in every domain of your life. And those breakthroughs will always come through those two rails of the word of God and prayer. I want you to look at this picture of a train car loaded up with physical cars. And I want you to think of how heavy a car is. You know, I sure can't pick one up. I'm guessing most of you watching, you can't pick up a car all by yourself. And think of a train and how it can be loaded up with just train car after train car full of the heaviest things. But because it's on those two rails, because it's on those two rails, as it gets its momentum up, it's able to carry the heaviest of weight. And it's the same in your Christian life. You see, that big train that we looked at, if you were to pull it off of the train tracks and set it into a grassy field, and it was to try to pull these cars, it wouldn't move an inch. Its wheels would just spin into the mud and all that weight would sink in. And this is what happens in our lives, even when you want to do the right thing. You're like, I want to move my marriage in the right direction. I want to move my habits in the right direction. Why am I not getting anywhere? Why am I sinking in the mud? It's because you're not on the rails of the word of God and prayer. 
I know it sounds simple, but like so many things in life, whether it's saving for retirement or eating better or all sorts of other things, it sounds simple. You just got to do it. If you will make praying your emotions to God part of your daily routine, if you will make the word of God the place you go to every time you have a major decision, you will start to experience this, that things too heavy for you to carry on your own, things that you could never move, where you feel like, yeah, John, when you described a train loaded up, sitting in a muddy field and the wheels just spinning, that's my life right now. Get onto the two rails of the word of God and prayer and things that are way too heavy for you to move on your own. When you place them on those rails of the word of God and prayer, you'll start to see them move. You'll start to see them move. Why? Because there's an engine in your locomotive. You have the spirit of God within you. Through Jesus, you've been placed on a path of salvation. Jesus described two different roads in life. There's the road that leads to death and there's the road that leads to salvation. And Jesus wants you on this road. And Jesus said this, he said that his burden is easy, that his yoke is light. In other words, there will still be heavy things in your life, but you'll be able to keep moving forward because he's in your life. I don't know what heavy thing is in your life. I don't know what seems too heavy for you to keep moving forward today. Maybe it's that you're a single parent. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's that first thing that came to mind at the beginning of our time together. But I just want you to know there's heavy things in my life too. There's so many times as a leader where I think, God, how do we keep our people together during a global pandemic? How do we keep our people unified at a time where politics and the nation are so divided? So many things that I could never do on my own, but here's what I've learned. If I will seek the word of God for my wisdom, and if I will bring every desire to him in prayer, things that I could never carry on my own, if he's called me to carry them, once I get them on those two rails, they start to move. Well, we saw in Acts 2.42 that it said these believers who changed and transformed and who would end up transforming the world, they were devoted to the word of God and prayer. And I just wanna ask you an honest question just between us. What are you devoted to? I mean, if I were to look at your web browser history or your checking account, or just how you spend your hours in a day, what would it show that you're devoted to? We're all devoted to different things. Sometimes we're devoted to a show on Netflix or we're devoted to the next car or boat or toy or prize we wanna get or the next relationship. And those things aren't typically evil things. God loves those things and he's glad for them to be in our lives. But here's the question. Have you ever said, God, I wanna be devoted to your work? You can pray that right now. I mean, if you've never prayed that before in your life, just make that a prayer. Say, God, I actually want to be devoted to your word. I meet so many believers who say, John, I hear you quote the Bible and you talk about it all the time and I, I just can't get into it. And, and that's okay. I want to encourage you though to ask for a breakthrough. Ask God and say, God, I want to be devoted to your word. Or maybe you feel that way about prayer. You say, I hear other people who pray and they talk to God about what's going on in their lives. Right now, you can pray to God and you can just say, God, I wanna be devoted to prayer. 
I want these two rails in my life, Lord. I want the word of God to be something I'm devoted to. I want prayer to be something that I'm devoted to. Well, let me give you three really simple ways for you to start being devoted to the word of God. And here's the first one. Every day we send out a 60 second video devotional. And this devotional is always based on the word of God. Because this is my heart for you as a shepherd. This is our heart for you as a church. We want the word of God in your life because we want you having a life of freedom and a life of following Jesus. You really can't follow Jesus if you don't know what he says. And so if you've never done it before, I'd encourage you text the word daily to that number on the screen. And every morning around eight o'clock Eastern, you will get texted a 60 second devotional. You can listen to it while you drive to work or while you get ready in the morning. You can listen to it. Some people listen to it later on their lunch break. It's always the word of God. That's such an easy first step. Do you actually want God's breakthroughs in your life? They will not happen without the word of God in prayer. Here's an easy way to get the word of God into your life. Second step for you is to get a Bible that you love reading. And if you don't have a Bible that you love to read, we will get one to you. Text us the word Bible and we will either mail one or hand deliver one to your home. This is a specific translation and study guide called the Life Application Study Bible. By the way, these Bibles cost about 30 bucks. In the last year, we've given away more than a thousand of them. So recently someone said, whoa, John, that's $30,000 that the church has spent on Bibles. Are we overdoing it? Not at all, not at all. Did you know that if we didn't even have a building, it'd be more important for us to have the Bible? This is everything for us. What I love about Acts 2.42 is that the church is these 3,120 people and it's the church at its purest, at its simplest. And what is following Jesus all about? The word of God, loving each other and praying. That's what it's all about. So if you don't have a Bible that you love to read, text us the word Bible, we'll get you one of these. Now there's a third step and I'm really excited about this one. And this is if you text the word first, I've got a whole explanation of how to use the Life Application Study Bible. And believe me, it's what I wanna do right now is just walk you through it. But this is a really cool video where we actually show you, here's how you can look up temptation, taxes, sex, lust, money, forgiveness, shame, regret, any emotion that you have, the Life Application Study Bible shows you here's exactly where the Word of God talks about it. And then you can flip to that passage. You can learn what God says. You can pray it. Why do I get passionate about this? Because this is what has changed my life. I would be a completely different person and not a very nice person if it wasn't for the word of God in my life. So here's the thing. We're giving you such easy tools. The choice is, will you use them? Will you be in the word of God every day? We wanna help you with that. And part of when you text that word first, every week you'll get simple steps about how to follow God. And this week's step is how to really use your life application study Bible. Well, let's look back at our primary text today. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. You can't follow Jesus alone. It's a movement. Next week, we'll talk about that. And then they devoted themselves to prayer. 
I hope you'll join me today in just saying very simply, Jesus, I want to be devoted to these things. It's really, really that simple. Well, let me give you a little bit of context here because what we just saw was the end of the first sermon in church history. Peter ends his sermon, those 3,000 believe, and now in Acts 2.42, we're seeing the church at it is simple, it is not complicated, it's not corrupted, nothing is wrong, and there's just these few things. In fact, if we dig deeper into Acts 2, here's what we see. They were devoted to the word of God and prayer. They were devoted to one another. In fact, people would meet each other's needs. They would share meals together. And then what happened? Well, because God was transforming them, it became magnetic. It became viral in a good way. And unbelievers started becoming baby Christians. And those 3,000 baby Christians started to grow up. And then God would add more baby Christians. Today, we're talking about those first two the word of God and prayer. Next week, we'll get into the other parts. But look at this in Acts chapter six. It's this reminder that as the church grows and as you grow in your life, you will get distracted from the simplicity of the word of God and prayer. In Acts chapter six, some time has gone by, the church has grown. And I love it. Sometimes people say, I just want to go back to the New Testament church because there wasn't problems. Well, wherever there's people, there's problems. Just like wherever there's babies, there's diapers, okay? Acts chapter six, the church is about a toddler now. I mean, it's barely growing up and people are already fighting with each other in church. Yes, it's what humans do. Acts chapter six, it says, in those days when the number of the disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews, so this was an ethnic difference, among them started to complain against the Hebraic Jews. So you've got the, the same Jewish race, but two different languages. One speaks Greek, one speaks Jewish, and they started to divide from each other over politics and specifically over some food that they could eat or not eat. Well, the apostles started to get wrapped up in this controversy. And one day they realized, oh my goodness, we've lost our focus. As leaders of the church, we need to be all about two things. Can you guess what they are? Let's look and see in verse three. The apostles say, brothers and sisters, choose seven people from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. In other words, we're gonna delegate this problem to these seven people. And why are we gonna do that? Because we need to turn our responsibility over to them. Let them fix the problem of the two groups that are upset. And what do we as apostles need to be focused on as leaders of the church? We need to give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word of God. You see, this group of people would go on to change the world. In fact, did you know that today Notre Dame University can trace its roots all the way back to the early church? Did you know that IU and Purdue wouldn't exist if not for followers of Jesus? Modern medicine and the vaccine wouldn't exist. These people changed the world and they didn't do it through programs. They didn't do it through being really smart. They did it by being devoted to the word of God and prayer. So one of the things I love about the privilege of being an elder here at Connection Point is that our entire elder board are godly men who are devoted to the word of God and prayer. 
because those are the things, those are the rails that allow people to carry heavier loads and actually change the world and continue the miracle ministry of Jesus. So not only will the word of God and prayer change you, but if you will be devoted to them, they'll change the world through you. You see, we change our world by the word of God and prayer. I know some of you watching today, the breakthrough that you needed in your life was for yourself, but others of you, the breakthrough was bigger than yourself. You're burdened for our nation or you're burdened maybe even uh, for other things. Maybe you're burdened for our environment or you're burdened for the next generation, all sorts of burdens that are bigger than ourselves. If you really wanna make progress in those areas, it's this same formula. Be devoted to the word of God. Be devoted to prayer. And for my 10-year-old Jack, I put today's big idea into emojis. So if you love emojis, you can take a screenshot. I know we've got a lot of middle schoolers and high schoolers who've been watching the messages lately, and I hope you'll enjoy this. It's a happy world. It's a changed world when we add the word of God in prayer. It truly is that simple. The question is, will we do it? Well, when we talk about needing a breakthrough, And when we think about living in a world that's broken, a world that can even seem hopeless, I wanna take you into a time when people who lived right here where we live felt like the nation and its future were completely hopeless. Did you know that in the US Civil War, hundreds of thousands of people lost their lives? Not only that, but entire American cities were destroyed. Now think about this, Americans, destroying the cities of other Americans. Americans shooting and killing each other. It sounds a little too familiar to us. And I know we're grieved about the times that we're in, but in the 1860s, this was devastating. And it's easy for us now when you can get in a car and you can drive from Detroit down to Atlanta and you can see these gleaming big cities and you can see the prosperity of the United States today to not realize that at the peak of the Civil War, people didn't even know, is this young nation, the United States, is it even gonna make it? Is it gonna survive? I mean, you talk about needing a breakthrough or a provision or needing God to open a door. It gets graphic if we think about it, that there were literal fields full of the bodies of Americans who were giving their lives, taking bullets from other Americans in this literal war to end slavery, this war for the very heart and soul of the nation. And in the middle of that war, God had placed lots of believers. Now those believers, just like us, were imperfect people, but they were faithful people, some of them. And one of those believers was Abraham Lincoln. Maybe you didn't know Abraham Lincoln was a follower of Jesus like you are, but if you read his writings, you'll learn that he was. And I wanna share with you, when the nation looked like, it not only looked, it was completely divided and it looked like it was gonna collapse. It looked like this nation wouldn't even make it through. Here's how it went. The actual words of Abraham Lincoln from 1863. He said, whereas it's the duty of nations as well as men to owe their dependence on the overruling power of God. In other words, as a people, we need to acknowledge that God is over us and that's why we live. And then he says, it's our duty to confess our sins and transgressions. What are these sins? Well, he's talking specifically about the sin of slavery and the sin of racism. 
He says, in humble sorrow, we've got to confess these things, but we can have an assured hope that with genuine repentance, perhaps it will lead to mercy and to pardon. He said, we've got to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures. Here's Abraham Lincoln saying, the only way out of this broken situation is to look to the word of God and that it's been proven through all of history that only the nations that are blessed, the nations that are blessed are only blessed because their God is the Lord. He says, in so much as we know that by God's divine law, nations, just like people, are subject to punishment or to chastisement in this world. Lincoln says, may we justly fear that the awful calamity of this civil war, which now desolates the land, maybe this is a punishment inflicted on us for the evil of slavery and the other evils, the presumptuous ways that we've forgotten God. He says, to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people, we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We've been preserved these many years in peace and in prosperity. We've grown in numbers, in wealth and power as no other nation has ever grown, but we have forgotten God. You see what Abraham Lincoln is doing here as the leader of the United States at a point where there was no way forward, where there was no future. He says, we've got to get back to the word of God and he's gonna talk about prayer. He says, we've forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts, that's a quote from the book of Jeremiah, that human heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. That all these blessings were somehow produced by our superior strength and wisdom rather than by God. He says, intoxicated with unbroken success, we've become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and persevering grace, too proud to pray to the God who made us. How did the United States make it through a civil war that should have divided and ended it forever? The conclusion of Abraham Lincoln's national proclamation, it behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power God, to confess our national sins of slavery and racism and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. Here's the thing, God takes people like Abraham Lincoln, people like Peter and James and John, people like you and me. And if we will be devoted to prayer and to the word of God, then God will change the world through us. You see people who are devoted to those two things. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have a great plan. Abraham Lincoln wasn't perfect. We've seen how Peter wasn't perfect, but you do have to be devoted to the word of God in prayer if you wanna see him change the world through you. Do you wanna be a Jesus level world changer? Then you've gotta be a person who's committed to the word of God, who's committed to prayer. And I love it, it's not just people who can change, but families. I think about this, we've got so many beautiful families in our church, so many children and grandchildren. 
parents, grandparents, it's great to save for your child for a college education. It's great to teach them to be a good student. But the greatest inheritance that you can give them is a love for the word of God and prayer. Do you ever read the word of God with your children or grandchildren? Are you teaching them that it's the place to look for all their advice? You know, parents, someday we will not be there to be sitting next to our kids and be able to give them our advice. But if we've taught them to look to the word of God, then they will be world changers. Let's be families here at Connection Point who are committed to the word of God and committed to praying to our great God. And the same is true of our groups. I hope when you gather as your small group that you have food and you laugh and you tell stories and you have friendships. I know a lot of our small groups go on vacations together, but don't ever forget as a small group that the two things that will really power your group forward, that will produce transformation in you is the word of God and prayer. The word of God and prayer. Let's make this a weak connection point where in our families, in our small groups, in our personal lives, we are people of the word. In fact, I wanna challenge you in this next week. Would you not miss a single day of just saying, God, uh, just one thing from your word and at least one time of prayer with you. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be religious. I hope you'll take that challenge with me. Why? Because churches that are devoted to the word of God and prayer, those are the kind of churches that change the world for the better. It's God's will for you to always be a part of a church where the word of God is preached. Churches that lose the word of God, lose the power of God because it's the words of Jesus that give eternal life. God's words spoke creation into existence. And if we will continue opening the word of God, he will speak life into us. And then I want you to think about this. Nations are very simply large groups of people. And as we saw with Abraham Lincoln's proclamation in 1863, even nations can change for the better and change the world for the better if they'll be devoted to the word of God and prayer. The word of God and prayer, it's what our nation needs and it starts with us. Let's model it in our own lives. Let's see God transform us, give us the breakthroughs that we need. Let's pass it on to our children and our grandchildren. Let's make it the theme in our groups and relationships. Let's keep it the theme for us as a movement. Our nation needs Jesus. Our world needs Jesus. And God wants to change the world through us if we'll be a people who are devoted to the word of God and to prayer. Let me pray that for us right now. Father, I thank you that we are a church grounded in your word. Going back 180 years, Lord, this congregation has been defined by saying we're not about traditions or rituals. We are about following Jesus and loving his word. God, I pray for every single person today listening to this message that you would plant into our hearts a deep love for your word, that your word would be our guide when we don't know what to do, when we find ourselves at a dead end, when we have a choice to make or a temptation we can't break, that we would look to your word, that we would memorize your word, that we would hide it in our hearts. And God, make us a people who pray with passion. Lord, not ritual or religious prayers, but praying to you our desires, our emotions. And God, it's our desire to see our young people love you. It's our desire that you'd make us even more a people of prayer and of the word. It's our desire to see you grow our church in its depth 
in its love and as a lighthouse that shines in this dark world. God, our world needs you so much. We know that if we'll stay committed to your word and to prayer, that you will continue to change the world through us. And we thank you for that. Keep us true to that. Surprise us with the great things that you're gonna do through us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.